Welcome to the Sunday Session podcast on NRL.com. My name is Chris Kennedy. My regular co-host, Kenny Scott, has finally been booted from the podcast, or he's possibly just got the Easter weekend off. I can't remember which one, but in his place this weekend is NRL.com editor slash dictator slash overlord, Paul Suttis. Thank you for being here. Uh, it is my pleasure to be replacing Kenny. I hope I can live up to his very, very <laughs> high standard. It's also a very great pleasure to welcome from the high-flying Penrith Panthers, hooker Mitch Kenny. Mitch, thank you for dialing in. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Um, now, uh, have you got all your uh, your Easter egg eating out of the way? The Easter bunny was good to you this morning. What's your Easter Sunday had in store? Yeah, he was pretty good to me. I'm out, I'm out at my mum's place with my family. Um, probably a little bit too good to me. I hope we don't have skin folds tomorrow at training. <laughs> Just, um, I guess, to, to start off with that game on uh, Thursday night against Manly, couldn't have gone a whole lot better for you guys, 4-0 now. Um, you must feel like, yeah, things are really clicking at the moment. Uh, yeah, there, there were definitely some really good things to take out of that game. I think um, it, was, it was probably pretty professional. Like, I think it can be hard after going up and playing a really tough game against the Storm. To some, It can be easy to get a, bit, a little bit complacent. Um, but we, we tried not to do that. I think we showed Manly the respect they deserve and, and went out and tried to play our best footy against them and took the opportunities that we could. Ivan sort of made a point of that in the, the press conference without trying to be disrespectful to Manly, but having that huge, you know, last-minute win over the, the storm to then come out to a team that, that's really battling, you, you needed to not sort of take your, your foot off the pedal and you guys seem to do that pretty well. 100%. And you, you can't be disrespectful to any team in this competition, I don't think. You just have to look at some of the personnel. And a side like Manly, who might not be doing too well in the ladder, they're still just littered with great players. And I think that's true for all NRL sides. I think any time you do that, you think you're walking into what some people might call an easy match. You're just setting yourself up now for failure. And Mitch, who's, who's the driving force behind that? Is it is it the coach or is it the players? Because pretty much over the past 12 months... You guys have only lost one game, which I'm sure you've forgotten all about, but uh, to be up and to win all those games when you're always expected to do so, how, how like what's been the driving force behind all that? Um, yeah, I think it probably starts starts at the top with, um, you know, Ivan's pretty big on that, but then we've also got a pretty sort of strong leadership crew, which, uh, which are driving that throughout training. Like it, it's all well and good for Ivan to say that, but if we're not, if that's not being sort of reciprocated amongst the group and amongst our sort of senior and our, our leader players, um, then it doesn't mean much. So it's a whole sort of club thing. Um, we make a point of it every training session, not to waste the session and not to get complacent. That's a big thing we try and guard ourselves against. Mitch, you um, obviously getting a nice run in the starting side at the moment. Now, you know, players never want to see their, their own teammates get injured, but um, Appy's had to, to sit out for a little bit and it's given you the, the chance to start and play some big minutes. It must be great just for your, your confidence and your development. Yeah, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Um, you never want to sort of come in the side at the the expense of someone being injured. But, um, you know, I guess you just got to try and make the most of every chance you get to play NRL. And I love it. And you're exactly right. I do take a bit of confidence out of every game. Um, you know, it, it's it's good for, you know, myself on a personal note to be able to, to line up each week and, and know that I'm going to get a couple of games together. I'm enjoying it. Penrith probably more than any other club in the in the the comp at the moment just has guys that seem to be able to come in in any spot. You know, you see Dylan Edwards go out and Critter goes to fullback. You know, Burton replaces Cleary in the halves and then he's back in the the centres. It's just sort of pieces that can you know team make and play just about any spot on the field. There just seems to be blokes that can come in and and keep the momentum going regardless of who goes out. 
Yeah, um, I'll probably put that down to our, our training's our training's pretty intense and it's pretty competitive. Like, blokes are always buying it to sort of um, get in that 17 and we have opposed sessions, which are, like, I'd almost say they're almost first grade quality. Like, the blokes that are lining up in reserve grade each week, they're, they're doing a really good job for us. And, you know, like you say, um, guys have been able to come into the team pretty seamlessly, which has been a massive strength of ours, I think, and, and do a pretty good job for us. So is that how Appy broke his wrist in the opposed session? You got one over him and uh, got his jersey for a few weeks? <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't think I've got one over him in his time at Penrith at all in any regard. The bloke's a freak. Um, yeah, no, he, he's he's actually really good. I, I try to try to take it to him at training and stuff like that, but he's pretty classy and he's always, he's always there showing me how he pulled my pants down at training or what I should have done or what I could have been doing. So he's a really good mentor for me to have. And he's still a few more weeks away? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure on the situation exactly there, mate. Um, I'm not sure what the given time frame was. He heals up pretty quickly, so I don't know whether it'll be another week or another two or how long it'll be. But um, you know, hopefully for his sake, he's back soon. And um, you know, on a little bit of a selfish note, if he, if he's not, I'll I'll take every game I can get. Does it help you with are you off contract at the end of the year? Are you how's your future looking with the club or elsewhere next year? Uh, yeah, I am. I am off contract and that sort of stuff um, is, you know, all, all going on behind the scenes. I just sort of leave that to my manager. I don't worry about it too much. I've sort of said that I just want to get through these uh, string of games and opportunities that I get and try to put my best foot forward there. And then hopefully that'll all settle itself out in the next, I don't know, little while. Mate, I assume uh, Ivan gave the boys a, a little bit of a rest given that you were in action so early in the, the weekend. It was a slightly longer turnaround. You've had a big month. You get a little bit of time off over Easter? Yeah, we, we did. We don't normally get, what was it? We played Thursday. We got, we're getting Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, which, um, you know, we don't, we don't see many three-day weekends, which, um, you know, all the boys are resting up. But, um, you know, you've got to make, the, make sure you do freshen up because we'll come in tomorrow and that'll be a pretty tough day. Now the, the follow-up question to that is, I assume you haven't really had a, a proper look at, at Canberra yet. I don't know if you've managed to see any of their game this weekend uh, against the Titans, but they've been pretty impressive over the opening month. Yeah, they, they've been really strong and I'm expecting that that'll be a really tough game. Almost Storm-esque again. Um, didn't didn't watch too much of it last night, saw a little bit, but um, you know we'll, we'll quickly wrap up our review of the Manly game tomorrow and then we'll turn all our attention to those guys because like you say they've been really strong and that'll be a really important game for us you'll be up against some of the biggest bobbers in the nrl too the raiders pack it's if not the biggest one of the biggest biggest going around so uh a bit of a challenge for a smaller bloke like, like yourself there in the middle yeah i think they'll be putting me through plenty of work so i'm i'm glad that i am starting to feel a little bit fresh because i know this time next week i'm gonna be i'm gonna be hurting so I'll try and look after my body throughout the week because, yeah, those those boys will have a bit of fun running over the top of me, I think, Friday night. And potentially this could be a bit of a, a, a precursor to finals matchup. Raiders, they'll be a, there or thereabouts this year and obviously you guys are coming first at this stage and you might meet them down the track as well. Yeah, you'd think they'd be there in the back end of the year. They're, you know, a really um, strong side, so... It's pretty, it's pretty hard to tell what these matches this early on in the season will mean for determining later in the year. But um, we'll, we're just taking it one week at a time. And, you know, we know this is one of the, the better sides in the competition. So it's always a great test when you get to burst those sides that are sort of up and around that top four. And it's a 
a good sort of yardstick for how we're actually traveling because yeah, like you say, no disrespect to Manly um, before, but obviously um, they're having their issues at the moment. So it's, you want to be facing quality, quality sides as much as you can. Well, Mitch, we uh, very much appreciate you taking 10 minutes out of your Easter Sunday to stop by the Sunday session podcast on NRL.com. Uh, congratulations on the season today. You guys are absolutely flying and uh, good luck for the Raiders next weekend. No worries. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Have a good one. We'll get cracking on the rest of the round now. We've just seen the Roosters down the Warriors, 32 points to 12 at the SCG. Sats, uh, Sam Walker on debut, some high-class touches. Uh, a lot of eyes, obviously, on this kid, but he handled it well. Yeah, he didn't overplay his hand. He had some good touches. The uh, the try he laid off in that butcher was uh, a particularly eye-catching moment. Uh, didn't overplay his hand, like I said. Let Tedesco and Drew Hutchison play really well as well. Um, and, of course, the Morris Twins did the usual thing. Um, and it was a pretty clinical performance from the Roosters. They uh, they struggled. They, they were slow to start, but uh, the Warriors put up a decent fight in the first half. But I think, no, Adam Fanua Blake really, really hurt the uh, visitors. It's try for try early on, like you said, a bit of a slow start for the Roosters. I thought the Warriors were pretty impressive um, pretty much all through the first half. They sort of had that period early in the second where they had, you know, pretty much 10 minutes of sustained pressure at the Roosters line. The Roosters were able to turn them away and that sort of seemed to, you know, Roosters went up the other end and um, Brett Morris, I think, scored his second and that was just about the, uh, the end of the fight in the Warriors, I thought. Yeah, they really miss Chanel Harris, Tavita. They... Um... They don't really have an attacking spark apart from RTS. It doesn't really seem to be a bloke who you'll think will just come up with something out of out of nothing. So um, I know he's out for a couple of months. So um, they they seem to really lack an X factor at the moment. The Warriors, but um, yeah, taking nothing away from the Roosters, they uh, were pretty ordinary last week against the Rabbitohs, but they bounced back. And uh, any uh, reports of their demise this season are exaggerated. But um, with the young halves in there, they can. Yeah, can, they can still compete and uh, will definitely be in the finals, but how far up the ladder they finish is uh, still a long way to be uh, to be sorted out. Yeah, we'll get a better sort of handle on how well they're going to go without Luke Keary and also Lachlan Lamb over the, the coming weeks, but um, certainly plenty of fight in the Roosters yet. As you say, the earlier game on Sunday, the Knights at home to the Dragons, um, looks like they were probably had, had slightly the better of an arm wrestle, but just kept losing players, um, a horror injury toll for the, the poor old Knights, and it um, opened the door for the, the Dragons, who were good enough to take advantage. Yeah, it, you feel sorry for the Knights because they were probably the better team for 40 to 50 minutes of this game. But uh, those injuries in the first half for anyone who hasn't caught up as yet, poor old Mitchell Pierce looks like he's torn his pectoral muscle, which uh, Adam O'Brien looked pretty downcast in the press conference after the game. And uh, he looks like he's going to be out for at least a couple of months, if not most of the season, which is not great for them. With Blake, Even though they had Blake Green coming back today, it's still Mitchell Pierce is their on-field general. And... Uh, uh, O'Brien seemed confident that Caelan Ponga would be back next week, but it seems one night in, one night out, and uh, uh, they had a couple other guys. Tex Hoy did a hamstring, and was it David Clem with a knee? Um, yeah. He, Kurt Mann had a head knock. Yeah. Um, in scary scenes with, with Kurt Mann, he sort of was was in the road of a, a huge Michaela Ravalawa hit up, and I don't know if he caught a bit of an elbow or a shoulder to the jaw, but he was pretty much um, straight out. So I think Adam O'Brien indicated that Mann won't, play next week I don't know if he can potentially pass all the protocols and put himself in the frame for a game or if they're going to rest him anyway but um it could be getting a little bit skinny the nights especially if uh, if Ponga's not back 
Yeah, well, um, Adam O'Brien in the press has said that he would struggle to come up with 21 fit players, which is never a good sign. And uh, young Dominic Young, the English import, he did his knee in the New South Wales Cup as well. So um, particularly in the backs and the halves, they're really skinny at the moment, the Knights. And uh, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be struggling to put together a team. So uh, we'll see how that goes for Adam O'Brien during the week. But um, they've got another tough one because they're up against the Gold Coast next Saturday. And word came through today that that game is going to be played on the Gold Coast. The... Uh, the Titans have flown back to their home base, so they'll be uh, at Seabus Stadium for that game. So the Knights will be very, very much the underdogs in that one. I have to give a shout out to Connor Watson, who spent his whole summer moving himself into a you know a full time lock role, and he's been good in the the middle so far this year. He came on at lock. He had to move to the halves uh, when Man was injured. He finished the game at fullback after um, Hoy went off. So he's a bit of a Mister Everywhere Man, Mister Fix It for the um, the Knights. I thought him and Jaden Braley were two that just sort of really just kept hammering away that that whole game. Isn't Kurt Man there Everywhere Man? <laughs> not at the moment, he's not. Um, but the, oh, what about the... the weird... well, I was going to say, the weird one was uh, they held Blake Green back even when uh, yeah. Tex Hoy and Mitchell Pierce were both off and Mitch Barnett was playing in the halves at one stage. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like they just had the plan that Blake Green first came back from a knee Rico, he was going to play the last half hour and no matter how many injuries they got, that was going to be the plan because even after Tex Hoy couldn't come back out after half time, they I think David Klemmer came on for Tex Hoy in the, the substitution. So they just decided he was only going to play the, the last half hour and that was it. But I mean, I guess if there is any kind of silver lining in this horrible injury toll, it's that Blake Green's back just as Mitch Pierce goes and Callum Bong is potentially back just as Tex Hoy goes. So um, hopefully they can overlap a bit. Mm, but take nothing away from the Dragons. They played really well and uh, good to see Tarek Sims get a bit of mongrel into him and not, give away too many penalties or do something silly. He uh, he uh, was on the right right line of aggression today and uh, took it to the Knights pack. There was a bit of feeling between the, the big boppers in the middle there today, but uh, Sims led the Dragons really, really well. And if they're going to, they've won three in a row now, but if they're going to be legit title contenders, people like him and Paul Vaughan and uh, some of those bigger, more experienced boys are going to have to really lead the way. He certainly enjoyed that first try that he scored. It was up there for, for try celebrations and against his former club too. He was uh, he was letting a few of the home fans know about it. I imagine he got a bit of a, a send off from some of them on his on his way out of the the hunter. So he certainly enjoyed that uh, that victory. Um, yeah, but the um, the Dragons they've got Parramatta next week, so that'll be a much sterner test for them. So I think we'll get a good gauge of their title credentials uh, next Sunday at, at uh, Bankwest Stadium. Yeah, three in a row, like you said, but I think what was it, Manly, the Cowboys, and then a very injury hit night. So I don't know how how true of a form line it is, but um, yeah, certainly get a better gauge on it next week. Saturday footy finished up with the Titans and the Raiders um, shifted to Cogra due to the COVID situation up in Queensland. On paper, probably the uh, the closest game of the round. The, the scoreline, probably a little bit um, one-sided by the end of the game, but uh, Raiders certainly did very well to save a few tries from the Titans. It could have been a very different story if Anthony Don crossed for either of those two that he almost got out on the edge, but uh, you'd have to say a very disciplined performance from Canberra to win 20 points to four after their uh, injury horrors last week. Yeah, Canberra were definitely the better team in this one. The Titans really, really took it to them. Big Tino, he was a monster. I mean, that's not breaking news, but uh, he seems bigger, fiercer, um, and more active. I think he only had a five to six minute rest 
during the game, but uh, he played big minutes and uh, made a big impact. But uh, Canberra just did Canberra things. Uh, Ryan Sutton is one of the most improved players yeah. this year. He, uh, again, was uh, at the forefront for them. Um, but yeah, Jack White and Charles Nickel Clockster, they were just doing their usual things, controlling the game. And uh, um, interesting one with Papali coming off coming off the bench and uh, that seemed to work. He got a try. I'm not sure if Ricky Stewart's going to continue with that uh, policy. Maybe it's just because Ryan James was playing against his old club. He got him in the starting yeah. line. Yeah. I think Ricky said um, he, he offered Ryan James at the start of the week the chance to start against his old club, and he absolutely uh, jumped at it. So Josh Papali'i was the, the guy to to make way. But they did it a fair bit last year, Canberra. You'd sort of see the team sheet, and then on, you know, on Tuesday, 1 through 17, and they come out on the weekend, and you know Ryan Sutton starting with Soliola back to the bench, or the next week, you know Sutton starts and Papali'i is back to the bench. So they seem to be pretty happy to, to rotate their middles. And I guess the good thing is they don't tend to lose much Either way, they're all you know pretty big units and in pretty good form. Yeah, their their depth, especially in the forwards, is probably second to none in the comp this year. People like Ryan James and uh, and Corey Harawira and Nair and Corey Horsburgh are still back, still to come back in. So um, yeah, especially middle rotation, um, Raiders are second to none. Um, but again, with them, I think uh, not that they need to prove their credentials, but they've got the Panthers coming up next week, and uh, that'll be an absolute blockbuster. Yeah, it's, um, that'll be huge. What about the Titans? They they went into this one without Ash Taylor and then they lost Jamal Fogarty, I think it was early in the, the second half, to a corked quad. So they pretty much the whole second half without their, their first choice um, halves partnership, Tyrone Peachy had to slot in there and um, things got a, a little bit frantic. So, I mean, you would have liked to see a bit more of them from this game, Tino's heroics aside, but also I don't think it's, you know, too, too great a, a warning sign for them either. I'd love to see Tyrone Peachy play a few weeks in a row at 5'8 and uh, yeah, get his hands on the ball a lot more and just do those ad-lib, play the ad-lib style of footy that he's really good at. But uh, he, over the past few years, especially at the Titans, he just seems to float between positions and hasn't really made a position his own. So, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks at 5'8, assuming that Jamal Fogarty's not going to be uh, up to scratch for next week and Ash Taylor's still a couple of weeks away. Uh, could be a good thing for, for Tyrone Peachy and the Titans. I was going to say, I actually quite enjoy him trying to cement that that lock role now that Tino's moved into the front row and that rotation with Mikey Fodawaka seems to be working pretty well. Actually, quite like um, Peachy sort of playing that role that we've seen from, you know, Connor Watson or even Benji's doing a bit at South where you've got a bit more of a, a ball player in the, the 13. But um, yeah, either way, I, I agree that you just want him, you know, floating around, getting his hands on the ball and, and playing some ad lib footy. Uh, earlier Saturday game, the Sharks 48-10 over the Cowboys. Um, you would have uh, enjoyed the, the Sharkies' uh, heroics in this one? Well, the Sharks played well. There's no doubt about it. When you score 48 points, you uh, haven't played a bad game, but uh, it was helped along by some atrocious Cowboy defence. Uh, there was, especially in the outside backs, there was guys coming in when other guys were sliding and vice versa. They were... the the Moylan and Townsend duo, they cut the Cowboys to shreds on the edges. Um, some of the Cowboys players looked like they'd never met. They uh, they just didn't seem to aim up at all. And then the guys in the middle um, gave away some stupid penalties and you know, some repeat offenders have been doing it for a few seasons now. Uh, I think Todd Payton is now getting a full indication of what he's walked into at the, the Cowboys and uh, the roster there. It needed a shake up last year and the year before, and it didn't really get that. They've had a pretty stagnant roster the last couple of years, and uh, um, 
yeah, it's going to take a year or two to rebuild that roster and get them back to where they should be. Yeah, they're in uh, they're in dire straits. Obviously, Michael Morgan not playing at the moment. His shoulder injury could potentially be retirement territory. Um, you know, Josh Maguire reportedly, or not reportedly, I think confirmed by Todd Payton, is now free to negotiate with other clubs. I think they made five changes from the week before, an all-new back row pairing. Um, Jake Clifford, who's not there next year, was benched. Ben Hampton came in. But um, despite all the changes, it didn't have any positive impact on the, the team's performance at all. They're just coming up with newer and, and more destructive ways to, you know, hurt their own chances in games. To make a bad pun, the Cowboys don't have the cattle. <laughs> and uh, until, until they, until they, 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 they cycle in the same players in and out over the last 18 months. It's, uh, yeah, you see the same names come in at halfback or out in the centres or in the second row or at hooker. Um, yeah, it, it just needs a fresh, fresh coat of paint and uh, Todd Payne is definitely the guy to do that. He, he showed last year at the yeah. Warriors he can make tough decisions and uh, you know, reputation doesn't count for too much. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some, um, some rookies and some guys you haven't heard much of get a chance over the next few weeks with the Cowboys and uh, some of those older guys who, uh, who aren't really, uh, whose best days are long, are long gone or uh, are moved on to other clubs or to reserve grade or who knows where. But um, the Sharks did really well because they lost Josh Dugan to a head knock early and it looked like it was going to be a bit of a repeat of the previous week. There was, I think, three or four guys at one stage who had bandages and blood and Mulatalo um, had to go off. Yeah, he did. He, I think it was a, a knee. So, um, yeah. yeah, they again, they had Jack Williams and uh, Teague Wilton playing out wide and uh, Connor Tracy filling in about three positions at once. Uh, some of those fringe guys at Cronulla who they've done what the Cowboys should have done. They've, they've turned a lot of their roster over and they've given these young guys a chance. And, uh, you know, the likes of William Kennedy and um, uh, Teague Wilton, these sort of guys, Toby Rudolph, they've, they've really made a name for themselves. And, uh, I think the future is looking pretty bright for Cronulla and it's still a, a beggar's belief why they haven't re-signed the coach. He's done a very good job in the in the two and a half years he's been there. Yeah, he's, uh, he's done a, a great job. I thought the Sharkies got a, a score line they didn't deserve against them the week before against Para when they lost their, their entire bench and everyone had to play 80 minutes in the middle. Um, week before, I think it was, when uh, poor old Chad Townsend kicked one from four. So I was happy to see him. What do you Eight from eight in the end. He was sniping them from everywhere against the Cowboys and him and Moylan combined beautifully in the halves as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he could have missed about four of them last night and used those a couple of weeks beforehand, but... Uh... <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's a uh, he, he's he's a strong character, Chad Townsend. He's, he's dealt with a lot of adversity over his, his career, and uh, he owned that uh, mistake in the the game against the Raiders. And uh, yeah, it's people like some people after that sort of thing can give up the goal kicking duties, especially when it's not your uh, you're not the first choice kicker like him. But uh, he stuck with it, and uh, good on him. The uh, second Friday game, the Storm 40 points to six over the Broncos. Things weren't going to script early on. I think the Storm completed four of their first nine sets and they gave away a, a runaway try to, to Xavier Coates, uh, looking a little bit rattled. And then Ryan Pappenhausen, 11 minutes of magic. For, I can't imagine any player in premiership history has ever scored four tries in 11 minutes before, but absolutely turned the game on its head and uh, Storm were never going to be uh, run down after that. Poor old Jermaine Asako. Every time he looked up, he'd have either Justin Ollum or Josh Adokar running at him with uh, Pappenhausen backing up on the middle. What do you do in that situation? You're, uh, it's, uh, yeah, he had no hope. So now Pappenhausen, once he gets in the open space, it's all over. And uh, that really broke the back of the Broncos. 
who showed showed some fight. They're, they're showing a little bit more fight this year than in, in situations like that last year. They were much more brittle, but still, you can't give too many reps to a team that loses by 34 points. Um, yeah. But yeah, Payne Haas being back will help them, and uh, but they were just purely outclassed the other night. You're talking about showing some positive signs early. I saw a lot of, um, you know, people getting stuck into Anthony Milford on, on social after that game. But I thought while the Broncos were still in that contest in the first half, he he was everywhere. He kicked a, a 40-20. He had some nice long kicks. He was, you know, he's offloading. He was pushing up through the middle. And then, you know, everything that went wrong from sort of the midway through the first half onwards, I don't think you could really pin on on Milford. I thought he showed some, some positive signs. Like you said, with Lodge and Haas, both back, you know, they ran into a red hot Pappenhausen in Melbourne. But if they, that first 20, if they can push that out for 80 minutes and produce it against some of the, the mid tier teams, they're, they're going to do a lot better than they did last year, you'd think. Yeah, you'd think so. But the, the problem with Milford is he has very good games like that. And then the next two or three weeks, he doesn't do much at all and uh, doesn't justify his his billing as the, the star playmaker there. So, you know, the Broncos moved heaven and earth a fair few seasons back to get him from Canberra and uh, some seasons he's lived up to the hype, but uh, for the most part he hasn't. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what what his future will be. Whether the Broncos will re-sign him or whether he'll uh, end up elsewhere next year, but uh, uh, the consistency just isn't there. And uh, yeah, with so many other halfbacks on the market uh, this off season, I think Milford will be one of the uh, fifth or sixth choices uh, amongst yeah. clubs. Yeah. People like Adam Reynolds and Sean Johnson and. Uh, Matt Moylan and whoever else pops up um, will probably be the uh, at the top of the pecking order. It's good signs for the Storm. They had two very tough away games in a row against the Eels and the, the Panthers. Ran some numbers on NRL.com. It was very unusual to see the Storm outside the eight for, for back-to-back weeks. I think it was only the second time it's ever happened under Craig Bellamy. Well, they're back inside the eight um, in a big way. I think they've got the Bulldogs next week, so they're probably going to stay there for the rest of the year. Um, halves are good. You know, they get Harry Grant back shortly. They were missing Felice Kafusi in this one. So, um, you know, it's ominous signs probably from the Storm. Lucky you ran that story the other day. <laughs> True that. The early Friday game, the um, the Good Friday, the annual blockbuster, the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs. Um, wasn't sure what to make of this one. 38-0, it finished up in the end. Poor old doggies held scoreless three weeks in a row. It looked like South sort of barely got out of first or second gear pretty much for all of this one, but still finished up with a pretty handy score. Yeah, it's pretty. it's a pretty bad sign for Canterbury that South were pretty ordinary for at least the first 30, 40 minutes of this game and still racked up 38 on them. And uh, Canterbury went close a couple of times in that first half, but uh, really they uh, they also lack that X factor. Uh, I don't know who they have on their roster who can be that X factor to, to, to spark points, but they've got a lot of good, honest first graders in the forward pack and um, you know, some guys in the in the backs who, uh, who do a decent job, but uh, they just don't really seem to have that guy who's going to spark them. Kyle Flanagan is a good organiser, but uh, he needs that uh, that guy alongside him who can uh, make the break or yeah, hit the hole. Um, but yeah, Corey Allen hasn't really done much since he came out from South so, uh, at fullback. So they tried Nick Meany the other day and that didn't really work. So Trent Barrett's getting very much a baptism of fire at, at Canterbury and uh, they've been, to be honest, probably the most disappointing team over the first four rounds because they've rostered so much better this year, but uh, the results have actually been worse. Yeah, I was about to say that. I wasn't really expecting the Bulldogs to get worse from where they were last year. You talk about Trent Barrett coming in the, the year that he had as Penrith's attack coach in 2020. Um, Cole Flanagan, you know, Corey Allen, a few guys coming across. Um, but 
to score zero points three weeks in a row, they're, they're in a, a real rut. Yeah, and um, Nick Kotrick at centre, I'm not sure if that's working. So they seem to have between him and Watenis Lesniak and Will Hopoade and Nick Meany and Corey Allen, they've got a lot of guys at the shuffle through between wing, centre and fullback, and uh, no one seems to make position their own. Um, the first game of the round, the Seagulls and the Panthers, uh, I was out at that one at, at Lotto Land on Thursday night. We've obviously spoken to Mitch Kenny already about um, how well the high-flying Panthers are going. So I guess just a quick wrap-up of the the sorry old Seagulls. Um, saw them a week before lamenting all their, their errors and the, you know spoke about the things that they wanted to fix. Their first 20 minutes of this game, just absolute schoolboy errors, forward passes, cold drops, um, handed Penrith a 22-0 lead in about 20 minutes without Penrith having to even raise a sweat to earn any of those tries. Um, to their credit, I guess, muscled up. The, the benchies came on and the Manly probably had the better of that sort of last 15 minutes of the first half. It got on the board with a, a try and then um, second half, Penrith ran away with it. But um, yeah, just a, a really, really lacklustre performance all around from the, the Seagulls. Yeah, we seem to be focusing on the, uh, the teams that Cop the flogging this week rather than the teams that put up the points, but uh, uh, how bad Manly were was the story in this game. And uh, Tom Dravojevic is potentially back next week, and uh, they really miss Adam Fanua Blake from last year. Like his meters and post contact meters, and uh, that toughness he brought to the middle of the ruck, they just don't have that this year. Um, so, where do you see Des Hazler turning around? I'm not sure. Um, Kieran Foran hasn't really done much at 5'8", so uh, young Josh Schuster's been going all right, but he's been playing in the second row, but uh, I can't really see what the solution is at Manly, and uh, um, when when teams go 0-4 to start the year, they very rarely make the finals, and uh, I can't see Desi performing a miracle even when, when Tommy Turbo comes back. Yeah, I mean, this is what his third year back at, at Manly from the Bulldogs. And I mean, the roster is now to the point where it's, you know, he's had a chance to to fix it up. And they basically got one guy in the top 30 who can play fullback and he's had shocking hamstring injuries over the last few years. There's one guy in the top 30 who is recognised as a hooker and he's been injured and or stood down for pretty much two years. They've only really got one guy in the top 30 who's got any experience as an NRL edge forward and he's been out injured the whole season. They've obviously copped injuries there um, to some less experienced guys in, in Andrew Davey and um, and so on. So the, the roster seems to have a few just gaping holes in it that um, they, they probably could have addressed before now and haven't. So, I mean, has this got to, you know, potentially put his hand up for a bit of that as well? Yeah, and, and they've got the Warriors at, at Gosford next Friday as well. And uh, the Warriors have been much improved uh, this year. So I don't like the Seagulls' chances of breaking their duck. Uh, in round five, maybe round six. Yeah, it could be a um, a long season for the Sea Eagles. Um, oh, little bit on, of a... They've got the Titans in round six as well, so I don't like their chances there. Hang on, I'll just call up round seven. <laughs> When's their um, next one? West Tigers, maybe. 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 Hmm, um, we'll a little bit of a throw ahead to Easter Monday, always uh, one that we circle in the calendar. has been some very entertaining clashes between the Eels and the West Tigers over the years. Um, didn't get one last year, obviously, at Easter fell in the, the COVID shutdown, but the year before, I think, was the first ever Bankwest game. Um, Eels put on a, a huge score uh, in their new home ground against the uh, the Tigers. This one's at Stadium Australia. It's a Tigers home game. What are you expecting from this one? Yeah, it looks like um, Bryce Cartwright's a chance who might, might get his first start with the Eels. He's uh, on the right. reserves, and there's potential for him to uh, 
sneak on the interchange bench. So that could be a good pickup for Parramatta. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, but... he's uh, obviously missed the start of the season with that broken jaw. So um, Eel's not really too heavily hit by injuries so far, but you want all your all your players available. But uh, all things being equal, they should they should win relatively comfortable comfortably over the West Tigers. Uh, the Tigers have uh, they showed a bit of fight last week against Newcastle, but uh, they're another another one of those teams that is uh, a, a tradesman like team, but they seem to lack that spark that uh, that Harry Grant and Benji Marshall uh, afforded them last year. So. Uh, the likes of James Roberts maybe can can give them that on any given day. Um, Dane Laurie has been a, a really good pickup for them, and uh, you can see why they were so keen to get him in the uh, preseason. So, um, but yeah, the the Tigers will will try hard. I think they'll be one of those teams that try tries hard, you know, competes with the bigger teams, but uh, ultimately won't be able to get over many of the bigger teams this year. They're probably, um, I would say, probably not quite as dynamic in the forward pack as what we've seen from from Parramatta. They just have a, a few different styles and, and shapes. With you know Junior Paulo in excellent form with his passing and offloading. You know Regan Campbell Gillard tall and you know galloping away for his first try of the year last week. Isaiah Papali'i off the bench maintaining that momentum through the middle. They just um, seem to have a bit more of a threat in their their forward pack than the Tigers that seem to have a lot of sort of similar styles and, and body shapes. Yes, well, it'll be a big crowd, supposedly. Um, we're back to 100% capacity this uh, this round in New South Wales, so hopefully a lot of uh, fans get out there to Stadium Australia tomorrow and uh, and cheer on both teams. We're looking forward to that one. That is all eight games uh, from the Easter weekend, round four. Um, thanks uh, once again to Mitch Kenny from the Panthers for joining us. Thank you, Paul Sutter, for stepping into the enormous shoes of Kenny Scott this week. You. <laughs> Got through it okay. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back uh, next week to wrap up round five.